Good morning, Good morning. Good morning. Usually Pastor Greg's up here, so I'm not Pastor Greg, I'm Kong, and so, Pastor Kong, and so, um, it worked out that this week I get to preach, and so, my, you know, this is one of my like, first few times up here, and so, you know, I'm like, Pastor Greg, so he's right up here too, but uh, we decided to, 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 to leave this Bible with me to preach, and so, I am happy to continue our series this week of At The Movies. And so because I'm not here often up on stage, I just want to give a quick intro of who I am so you guys know who I am. So normally at this time, I'd be going downstairs, I'd be hanging out with our, with our students downstairs. And so I work with our youth um, ages uh, from grades 6 to 12, and so that's where normally I would be at. But I have the joy and pleasure of being with you um, this morning, of being with you up here this morning. Uh, like I said, my name's Colin. I graduated from Crown College a long time ago in youth ministries, and so I've enjoyed uh, and continue to enjoy working with students. And I've been married to my wife for 11 years. Uh, she's awesome. Her name's Payne. She's downstairs working with kids right now. Thanks. Thanks. So she's awesome. I love her. Uh, she's, she's, she's my, she knows everything. So, uh, so yeah, it's a pleasure being with you all this morning. Um, like I said, we are in our At The Movies series, and it's a fun series. Last week, Pastor Greg got to kick off with Avengers Endgame, which I was a bit jealous of because I was like, oh man, I wanted to talk about Avengers Endgame. But it's okay, today we're talking about Captain Marvel, uh, which was the build-up to Endgame, so I'm like, even better, you know? And so we're going to talk about Captain Marvel, um, and then with Captain Marvel, we still have two more weeks of after movies. We still have Toy Story 4, which is happening next Sunday, so don't miss out on that. That's going to be a great one. And then at the very end, we're going to conclude our series with The Lion King. You might be wondering, why are we talking about movies? You know? Spend a Sunday talking about movies? I think movies are stories with powerful truths. They're great because they can resonate with our heart and soul, and they do an awesome job of illustrating these important values. So not only do we get to hear, but we get to see. And so that's why we're spending a week on movies. I mean, a, week, a month on movies to capture these stories, to capture these powerful truths that are illustrated in everyday movies that we get to watch. And like I said, today we're going to continue with our second movie, which is Captain Marvel. Now again, Captain Marvel follows um, the two big Avenger movies. And so we have Avengers Infinity War, and at the end of Captain, uh, at the end of Avengers Infinity War, um, what happens is the bad guy wins. The bad guy wins. So the bad guy, his name is Thanos, he collects all of these powerful stones, puts them in a glove, he snaps his finger, Half of the world's population disappears. Half of the heroes who are trying to stop him disappears. And I'm not true. I left, I left the theater feeling like, man, I feel like I just got kicked in my stomach. Like, the heroes always win. What happened? And if you know about Marvel movies, you stay till the very end, like the very end, like after all the credits are done, like, you know, you stay till like, you're the only person there because you don't want to miss the post credits scene. And so we find out that the solution to how to so what's going to happen in Endgame is Captain Marvel. And so I think the movie was huge because it introduced this other character 
who's not part of the Avengers to start off with, who is probably even more powerful than you know what they had because they needed extra help. Not only that, it was Marvel's first film with the female lead. They had a couple female characters that were sidekicks, but this was Marvel's first movie with a female lead. Pretty cool. And again, they bridged Infinity War and Endgame to really to us the need for a stronger superhero. So I don't know about you, but you know, it's like, gosh, you know, Captain Marvel, you know, Captain America, Iron Man, like, those are my favorites. What? They're not strong enough? Someone's stronger? And so there's an anticipation like, man, this is gonna be super cool. And guess what? It was super cool. <laughs> now Captain Marvel came out in March. And so it's been a bit of, it's been a while since um so it's been not. So I've got the trailer queued up for us here. So let's watch together just kind of to, to, to jog our memory to remind ourselves what Captain Marvel was, was all about. So let's go ahead and let's hit the trailer. Please. All right. So some of us have seen the movie. Some of us, maybe it's been a while. Some of us maybe haven't seen the movie. Some of us might not care about the movie. So I'm just going to give a quick synopsis of what happens in the movie. So here's your warning. Spoiler alert, so if you still want to go see Captain Marvel, run out the stories right now. Or else I'm going to give the entire story away. I'm not kidding. Alright. So what happens in Captain Marvel is this. Um, Captain Marvel, her name, her real name is Carol Danvers, but at the beginning of a movie, she's referred to just as Reeves. The movie takes place in the mid-90s. That's why the blockbuster's there. Anyone remember good old blockbuster days? Yeah. Now, I kind of miss it, but I, I don't know. I, maybe I, I'm uh, driving, having to make returns. Those are always the worst. Making the returns are always. But again, this movie took place in the mid 90s, whereas all the other Marvel movies were current day. And so it begins with Veers on a planet called Kree, and she's suffering from amnesia, recurring nightmares involving um, this image of an older woman. Yanwag, who's on this picture here, is her mentor, and he's training her to control her abilities. Um, while the Supreme Intelligence, who, who um, appears to be that old woman in her dreams, the Supreme Intelligence, who is artificial intelligence, who rules the planet Kree, urges her to continue to keep her emotions in check. I mean, she's filled with powers already, and so sometimes when she gets really worked up, she'll shoot like these beams out from her hands. Um, and so they're trying to control her. Uh, Veers is also part of the Kree Star Force team, and so they're like a a group of superpowered individuals, and in the movie, they're on a mission to rescue an under, one of their under, um, undercover operatives um, on, 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 a, on an infiltrating group of uh, scrolls. Now, the scrolls are alien shapeshifters who the Kree are at war with, and so we have the Kree that Captain Marvel reveres is a part of, and they are in a war against the scrolls. So they go to try to find a Kree operative, secret operative, um, um, in Skrull territory. And what, and what ends up happening is the Skrull captures Veers. Now in the midst of this, the Skrull, those green alien guys, tap into Captain Marvel's memory to try to find something from her memory. Um, and when they do, they come down to Earth. And when they come to Earth, they're trying to, you know, they're trying to figure out what's going on. Captain Marvel gets a hold of some of these memories that, that have been extracted from her mind in this whole ship, and she pops in here a little cool gadget, and they kind of figure out that all this information is at the secret Air Force base. 
And so they go to this Air Force base. They discover that um, Veers had passed away about five or six years ago. Before that, she was an Air Force pilot who, in her very last mission that she flew, um, flew this, this mission with um, a lady named Dr. Lawson, who had created this like super light speed, you know, capable um, machine that the scroll were looking for. They also find out that um, there's one more person who kind of knows what happened. And so this one, this this person, her name was Maria Rambo, uh, which she was also she was a friend of um, of Veers. So, um, they find out that she's still she's still alive. She knows what's So they go and they go visit her, and then they they slowly kind of piece together what had happened. Not only does Maria Rambo, Veers' friend, tells her what's going on, the one of the alien dudes, one of the scrolls, the green guys, comes and says, "Hey, like this is what really happened." And so they play the tape from the black box of the ship that Veers was flying, and so she finds out that they were. The, the Kree that she was a part of was after the ship. They were after the Lady Kree ship, which was the old Lady Lawson. And then they were chasing, they were in a flight, they got into a battle, they shot them down, and then they wanted this, you know, whatever was really important from the ship, um, the, the Kree wanted it. And so what ended up happening was, in the midst of it, the Lady who created Lawson, she passes away, and then Veers, who cares for Lawson very much, blows up the ship. Now, I'm going on the ship, the ship had superpowers, and so she absorbed these powers, and she also lost her memory. So then what ends up happening is the Kree tricks Veers into believing that she is Kree, and so they use her um, and, and, you know, brainwash her to fight for them. She realizes she's been fighting on the ground team. And so she switches sides, realizes the injustice that has been done, because the scrolls, they're refugees, they're aliens that are trying to escape the Kree. The Kree are trying to wipe out the scrolls, and so she ends up helping the, the, the scrolls. And so they fly off to the secret base up in space, and then they get captured by the Kree because the Kree wants, you know, whatever that they have, and then they get into this crazy fight. And then, you know, Captain Marvel taps into her energy, unleashes her superpower, and she just flies around destroying everything. To the point where the main bad guy in the story gets scared, he doesn't do anything. He's like, oh, we gotta go, she's too powerful. And so that's basically the synopsis of the story. Now, the cool thing about Captain Marvel is when she unleashes her power. So I've got a quick video of this, and so I've got it queued up too. So, see if you guys will mind playing that video real quick, we'll see this part of the movie where she just goes nuts and she unleashes her power on the entire crew of I don't know about you, but when I was moving years that happened, I was like, Dang! Shoo! So I've been super excited about what was to come. Now, we get a glimpse of Captain Marvel with her, power, with her powers unleashed, but here's the thing. She was just a normal person like you and I. There was nothing different. I think what was really unique and really special. One of my favorite, if not the favorite part of this film, is the drive that pushed her to tap into the incredible powers that she had. And this characteristic that she had is something that we're going to talk about this morning, and it's called grit. Now, grit is a term we don't use very often, 
It's in, in the last couple of years, it's kind of been the buzzword um, of important unique characteristics that make people successful. And so grit um, comes from the, the leading researcher on grit. Her name is Angela Duckworth. She's a grad. Uh, uh, she's a um, she's a graduate of Harvard. She became like this really special management consultant lady who worked with different businesses and stuff. And then she decided to change careers and go into the public schools of New York and teach science and math. And in her um, experience of teaching kids, she saw the power of grit. So let me, let me define grit really quickly based on her definition so we have a better understanding of what it means. And so this is grit according to Angela Duckworth. Grit is passion and perseverance for very long-term goals. Grit is stamina. Grit is sticking with your future day in and day out. Not just for the week, not just for the month, but for years. And working really hard to make that future a reality. Grit is living life like it's a marathon, not a sprint. People who live with a marathon mentality have developed a passion for something higher than themselves. Typically, I would think that the smartest kids in the class or the ones that were most gifted or most talented would be the best student. But she found that the grittier the student, the ones who had to drive to do the hard work day in, day out, were the ones who were most successful. And ironically, the ones who did have the talent, who were quick learners, if they didn't have the grit, they were not as successful. And so this idea of grit, when I saw Captain Marvel and I thought about um, what was important, what stood out to me, I was like, man, it's grit. And so what does that mean to our spiritual lives? What was really neat, too, was there's this, there's this, this Christian author's name Rick Lawrence. Um, he borrowed some of Duxworth's idea, and then he wrote a book called Spiritual Grit, which examined what grit looks like through the lens of a Christian. And so up to this point, we see Captain Marvel unleashing her superpowers. Again, one of my favorite scenes, if not the favorite scenes, is the point between, you know, of how she taps into power. So I've got another trailer queued up, another video queued up for us of what happened. So let's watch this last video each other. I just love this, this, this scene that captures just all the moments that she's been pushed down, pushed inside, and told to quit, you're not good enough. It's a collection of her goodness. And in the moment where she needs it the most, she taps into it and just unleashes this power that is just incredible. I think with grit, it's important because so many times in our lives, there's moments where we feel like we want to quit. We want to give up. We struggle in life. We can't control what's going on. You know, it might be, a, I was trying to achieve a degree in school. I was trying to figure out, you know, our, our desired jobs, our dream jobs. Um, maybe it's so easier to not be good and do what everyone else is doing and not obey God. Um, maybe it's always wanting to feel right and not wanting to extend grace and forgiveness when others are wrong. You know, sometimes it's maybe, you know, maybe you're the only one in your family who's a Christian and, you know, people are giving a hard time about what you believe in. Or maybe you're at a point in your life where you said it's too hard to follow God because there's just so much to know, so much to do to be a Christian. 
I know we all have tired days where we feel tired, overwhelmed, wanting to take the easy out of life. But I think what's important is that, that, that with grit, um, it's, it's something so crucial to our spirituality. And researchers talk about how it's passion and perseverance for very long-term goals. And our spirituality, our belief in Jesus Christ, is a long-term goal. It's not just a day-to-day -day goal, it's a long-term goal. We're looking towards what happens when we pass away or when Jesus comes back. It's this idea that we, um, when we need the most, we need grit to kick in. And some of us have it, some of us don't. Researchers like Angela Duckworth, two questions that they, they had a hard time answering about grit was this idea of how do we build it? Where does it come from? And so this idea of sometimes we have and we don't, I think is easily answered by one answer. Now, I've worked in youth ministry for a long time, and you always have that one kid who always has the Christian answer to every question. And so you'll ask him, why did Noah build the heart? You get that one thing raising your hand. I know. Yeah. Why did Noah build the heart? Jesus. And you don't want to say no because you're like, yeah, it is Jesus, but why did Noah build the heart? But in this case, it is Jesus. How do you build it? Jesus. Where does it come from? Jesus. And so you might be wondering, well, how do you know come? In the Bible, there are plenty of people who are gritty, who fight through this, who, who fight through the, 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 the trials and the tribulations. Those are some of the words that, that the Bible uses to describe grit. And so there are plenty of times throughout the entire Bible where we see this. Biblical history, and you won't find this in the Bible, biblical history says that of the 12 disciples, we have you know, 12 versions of 12 disciples. Uh, not counting Judas, we have 11 other disciples. And of the 11, 10 of them had been to the point of the day where they died. They all died really harsh deaths. To give you an example, Peter died a death when he was crucified. And, you know, it's believed that he wasn't just crucified upright, he was crucified upside down. So the grit of the disciples, the grit of the believers throughout the Bible, Old and New Testament, is a theme that is huge for you and I, for our spirituality. And some of the words that are used in um, the Bible that describe grit are perseverance, tribulations, endurance, steadfast, trials, Sufferings, they convey this idea of grit. And again, like I said, while there's plenty of passages in the Bible that talk about grit, I think one of the best passages that talks about this is in Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 5. So let me read this for us. Um, Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 5, um, and I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation, which I think gives us a really clear idea of what Paul is talking about when he said he wanted to talk so great. And so this is what, this is what he says. Um, and Paul Paul's the author um, of Romans and he encourages you know all the believers to read. So Romans chapter 5 verse 1 through 5 says this. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege 
where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help, help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead us to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. We're going to study each verse, um, this passage verse by verse. And so let's start back at, uh, at verse 1. Now chapter 5, verse 1, starts with a therefore, which is a really crucial word in the Bible. If I told you, therefore, I went to the store, I would be wondering, well, why would you go to the store? <laughs> so in order for us to understand the therefore in chapter 5, verse 1, all of Romans chapter 1 through 4 is the build-up to this therefore. Now, we can spend the next year studying Romans chapter 1 through 4, so I'm just going to summarize really quick um, of what it's talking about. Um, Romans starts off talking about how God is righteous, how God is perfect. God has a standard, and that standard is, is called righteousness. And he talks about how sin, how brokenness has entered the world, and that has caused a rift in our relationship with God has caused a rift with all of creation. And so um, because that rift has created brokenness, then God's standard is not met. There is no righteous. And then it continues on in Romans uh, chapter 3 and 4 talking about how um, through Jesus Christ, Christ has made us righteous. So when Christ died for us, he took on all the brokenness of the world, and in return, he gave us his perfection. He gave us his righteousness. And so, up to this point, that's what Paul's talking about. In chapter 5, he goes, therefore, so in light of God being righteous, of the world not being righteous, and then of, of Jesus bringing righteousness back to human being, of bringing righteousness to restore humanity back to where um, it, it, it should be, Paul starts off chapter 5 a little therefore. I think another important thing to understand too is that in chapter 4, right before all this, Paul talks about Abraham. And what that was really big in the Jewish community back then was this idea of circumcision. If you believe in God, they believe that you should be circumcised. It was a sign, it was a symbol that you're a believer. Paul goes to defend that circumcision wasn't the reason why God saw Abraham to be right, but rather because Abraham believed in God. It was Abraham's belief in God that made him right. And so Abraham's faith in God led him to be circumcised. It's this idea that, again, we put our faith in God, and that's what matters. It's not so much the action. Our faith in God drives our action. And so it's easier for us then to understand the therefore. So in light of all that, Verse 1 says, therefore, so it links the idea that because we are right with God through believing in Jesus Christ, we have peace with God. Because we are right with God, we have peace with God. The peace with God reminds us that in our previous relationship with God, um, it wasn't peaceful. If we look throughout the entire Bible, 
there's not really a, a point where we are neutral with God. There's no neutral standing with God. In the Bible, it often talks about you're either an enemy of God, so there's a hostile relationship, or you're friends of God. You're children of God. You believe in God. You have this relationship with God. And so there's no neutrality. And so because we are right with God, we have peace with God. And that's essential because, again, it's the foundation that allows us to build a relationship with God and, re and receive the ultimate blessing and promise that he has for us, which is our eternal relationship with him. Verse 2 goes to say this. Um, verse 2 says, um, because of our faith, Faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Because of our faith in Jesus Christ, we receive peace and we are brought into a place, as Paul says in this translation, undeserved privilege. Now, I don't know what you think, but when I first heard this, I was like, undeserved privilege? What does that mean? What does that look like? This can be understood as a special right that we have been given because of our faith in Jesus. Okay? What is the special right? The special right allows us to know, where, know that we are secure with God now and for eternity. Let me say it again. The special right, this undeserved privilege that God has given us is this concept that we know we are secure with God now and for eternity. It basically means that if you believe in Jesus, you are set. This is huge information. I don't know about you, but you know, I'm, I'm kind of like an avid collector a little bit of everything. And so in, 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 in my past life, I really enjoyed collecting sneakers. And Jordans are some of the most sought-after sneakers, depending on what color you get. And so sometimes you want to do whatever you can to secure that pair of Jordans. You want to guarantee it, or else you're going to end up waiting in line, hoping to get the pair that you want. And so how the system works with sneakers is you go to the store, you get a raffle ticket, they'll draw names, if they pick your name, they call you. And a couple times, this is really just a couple times, where I got picked and I got a phone call. I have a phone call, yes! I got the sneaker! And Charlie Nelson goes, woo! Yeah! I got the sneakers! Likewise, Paul's telling us that we are guaranteed eternity with God. I think this is huge because with grit so often in our lives, I don't know about you, but so much for me, you know, I'll walk like, man, I don't know how, you know, if I'm right with God, you know. I don't know if I'm going to heaven. I work with students enough to, to so that you know, whenever I see them typically, I know what the, the response is going to be. And you know, every so often I'll ask them, hey, how, how are you doing with, with your walk with Christ? And sometimes there's this guilt that comes over them and they're like, oh, I could be doing that. You know, I could be doing that. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to improve your relationship with Jesus Christ. But imagine the excitement and imagine 
you know, just to understand that hey, I, I know that I want to work on a relationship with Christ, and I also know that I'm secure in Christ because I believe in Christ. I know that I'm good with God. And so I continue to want to build this with my relationship with God. We go on to chapter to, to verse 3. And so Paul talks about as a result of the peace and being in a place of undeserved privilege, we can rejoice in God, even in our sufferings. And so this grit that we see is that when we are gritty in our spirituality and our faith, we know that we're secure through our belief in, 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 in God. We're secure in our eternity with God. It allows us to persevere. It allows us to be gritty regardless of the situation. Well, sometimes we experience some pretty crummy experiences. We experience some pretty crummy things. But to have the hope and to understand that we have the security in God, to have that hope in us, it allows us to persevere through our faith. It allows us to have that long-term goal set in our faith. I think so often, growing up with, with you know, my friends in the youth group, sometimes I wonder if they had that, if they realized that they had security in Jesus Christ and in their belief in Christ. And so often, I think the, 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 the belief they had was so short-term, where it was just kind of a day-to-day-to-day thing, but here Paul is saying that we have an eternal security, eternal confidence in Christ. And so it, that, that security allows us to push through the thick of it because we know what we're doing for. We know that in all situations, good or bad, we know what the end goal is, what the prize is, what the prize is. I don't know what it says in the Bible, so when I looked up grid, it shows up about 26 times in the New Testament. A quarter of those times, so a fourth of them, show up in Revelations. And if you know anything about Revelations, which is the last book of the Bible, Revelation talks about, you know, like, hold fast your faith. Stay strong in your faith until the end of days. And so 25% of the time that, that this idea of grit is used, this used in Revelation is encouraging believers, you know, Stay strong, stay strong, stay strong, stay strong to the very end. And then for me, like, you know, for, for, the, you know, for Rick to show up, you know, 26 times in the Bible, 25% of those times in the Revelation, I was like, that means something. Verse 4, it tells us that grit produces character, and character strengthens our hope and salvation. When we believe and accept Jesus our Savior, He changes our character. Character is a huge indicator that God is working in our lives. I think about the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. How those characteristics encourage us and pushes us to continue to be, to continue to, 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 to be gritty in our spirituality, knowing that our faith is in Jesus, knowing that our security is in Jesus, those, those characteristics only help encourage us to continue to pursue after that prize. Character is probably one of the most valuable things of another person. Look throughout the entire Bible, it talks about how God looks for character. I think about King David. Before he was king, the king you know, the king of prior to David was Saul. And, and God talked to in God's search for another king to replace Saul, God told Samuel, the prophet, 
You know, don't worry about looking for someone who looks good or has a talent or is gifted. Look in character. Look, in, look, look for the person with the heart. Our grip to endure and persevere in all kinds of situations because of our situation open current and, and, and in our open current and future state of God then helps us build that character. And then character strengthens our confident hope in salvation. That then our love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, again, they, I think, simply just allows us to continue living until we are united with God. And then lastly, in verse 5, our great pursuing God until the end does not disappoint us because we know the totality of its work. We are not disappointed. We will not be disappointed in its eternal security. And so hold strong to this idea that our grit is pushing us towards something good and that we will not be disappointed in him. In, in. So let's just quickly recap um, this entire passage. The main idea of the passage is this. That our faith in Christ Jesus allows us to be right with God, which creates peace in the previously broken relationship between God and us. This encourages us to look forward to being united with God and during all kinds of situations because of the confidence that we have in God. We can break it down so maybe it's even a little easier for us to get. This idea that Jesus brings us close with God and grit keeps us there. Jesus brings us close with God and grit keeps us there. You see, the disciples and the, the, the letter that Paul had written to for the Romans, this wasn't just for them. I think it was for us too. I mean, I think we're, we're, you know, we also need to Grit is a part of our spiritual journey. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be tough. It is going to be tough. It's a part of God's mission and purpose. Grit is continually being God's presence. Grit is reminding ourselves that we know what's in store for us when the time comes, regardless of the situation. So no matter what situation you're in, no matter how many times you feel like you failed in your spirituality, no matter what your uncertainties are, know that our faith, our belief in Jesus, secures us. I think knowing that Captain Marvel was a bridge to the two big adventure movies, Infinity War and Endgame, you know, I figured that after she shaved the world, that would be it. But then Captain Marvel in the movie continues to make a quest of righting all the wrongs that, that she had made, even though it wasn't her fault. And she made herself available to make theory by, you know, making this really cool pager uh, so that whenever Nick Fury needed her, she could page, uh, he could page her. Uh, it's this mentality that there's something bigger and better than for us out there. So a reminder for all of us, when we ever want to quit, when we ever feel like we fail, Remember, we feel uncertain about God. Grit, grit, being gritty in our faith is worth it in the end because we're loved by God who created us. We're in a relationship with God because Jesus Christ died for us. And that we're enduring through all kinds of situations to ultimately be with God for eternity. Let me pray for us. 
Don, thank you for the grit that you instill in the illustrations that we have in the Bible. The examples that you show us with the disciples, with the believers, um, of how they endured is a great reminder for us that we can and we should endure too. The image of knowing that we are great because we can look forward to being in a relationship with you forever is worth it. And so God, in all of our experiences, regardless if they're difficult, if it's going fine, or facing a ton of tension, uncertainty, we give that up to you. And we believe in you. Because we know that grit will bring us to a point and will bring us to a place where we will not disappoint. And that place between us. So thank you. And we continue to look onto you, Lord, knowing that that is where it comes from. So we pray with this all for your name. Amen.